always got pixlexia, okay? This all on you? This all on your cow? Welcome, foolish mortals. It is with deepest pride and greatest pleasure that we welcome you tonight. The reference here is very obscure. Welcome to the Obscure World of Disney. You're listening to the Obscure Disney Podcast. It's our belief that no detail is too small, no character cameo too short, and no quirk too strange to be celebrated. And with new episodes every Tuesday and Thursday, why not get an annual pass wherever you get your podcast from or find us at ObscureDisneyPodcast.com. And see all of our fun patches at DisneyPatch.com. We're going on a hunt today. Going on a Nemo hunt? A Nemo hunt. <laughs> That sounds really aggressive. It really does. It's a flashback reference, which nobody knows about, but for me, it's hilarious. I'm just saying. Flashback reference? Remember they had that song, Going on a Man Hunt? No. Okay. I remember going on a bear hunt. Same thing. But that was like a kid's song. Ah. So, anyway. Somebody None of these things have anything to do with what we're talking about today. (laughs) It's true. Uh, We're talking about Nemo. Finding Nemo. uh, Specifically, Finding Nemo the Musical uh at animal kingdom yeah did you hear it's coming to broadway no just kidding (laughs) (laughs) it's not it's definitely not guess what's nothing's coming to broadway that's what's not coming to broadway finding nemo the musical yeah but i love this show right well we we try to make it a point to go every time we're there because it's a good 40 minute show in an air-conditioned building is it really 40 minutes long it is wow and that's a good long time to be out of the sun. It's long enough to stick your kid in the stroller and let him fall asleep. It's, yeah. You know, the seating I, it's not my favorite, if I remember correctly. It's not my favorite. But it's still a place to sit for 40 minutes where you're not shoulder to shoulder with hundreds of other people. You get to have yeah. a minute. It's kind of it, nice. It's really, it's super nice. It's, uh, remind me of the park. It's at Epcot. No, Animal Kingdom. Yeah. It's an Animal Kingdom. You weren't Kingdom. even listening to me at the beginning of the podcast I when totally I said was. Animal Kingdom? I was checking our balances. You oh, know, okay. Our, the thing over here, making all sure right, it sounds good. Right. Animal Kingdom. Yeah. And I love it there. It's it's super fun. The seats are close enough together that you have to almost sit at like an angle in order. I do. I have to sit. If you're tall an, enough, yeah. Yeah, you have to sit at an angle because you're hitting your knees on the person in front of you the entire right, time. Right, right, right. Um, but the show itself is absolutely amazing it's great i i didn't realize how old it was that it opened in 2007 oh wow which i didn't realize it has held up remarkably well right for a show that that's that's that old you yeah. know what i mean like usually uh after about 10 years on any any attraction at any park you can kind of start to see the cracks or the age of things yeah and this showed doesn't seem to have that issue even though there it may not be the most cutting edge stuff all the time it has really held together really well in my opinion yeah especially because it is uh under it's supposedly taking uh, place under the water right because you're in water right um and so they're floating around the entire stage and they're doing wire acts the entire time yeah and they're all doing uh puppeteers throughout the um throughout the entire show right while singing live and being flipped around it's crazy (laughs) it is and i mean for anyone that hasn't seen it uh it's literally the movie of finding nemo all done live on stage, which is forty minutes. Difficult enough as it is, but then they also, like you said, have puppets that um, all the performers 
operate whilst they are performing. And it's, it's very impressive. Uh, I didn't know what to expect first going into it. You know what I mean? Like when they say Finding Nemo the musical, I'm like, oh dear, uh-huh. this could be really bad. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know? Um, but I've, I found a couple things interesting about this. First of all, the theater is not new which I did not realize. Oh, what was in there before? It was originally an amphitheater, like an outdoor amphitheater. Huh. Uh, and there was something called Tarzan Live or Tarzan Rocks in oh, there. Oh, I could see that. Uh, which makes sense for Animal Kingdom. Right. Uh, but then they enclosed it into a 1,500-seat theater wow. with the air conditioning. <laughs> Brilliant. To make it a little easier to get people, I think, to sit in there. Uh-huh. Uh, for especially for 40 minutes yeah that's a, that's a good minute um and then also to hear that it was a musical makes you kind of go um that can be a hit or miss also oh i love the music from it and yeah is this the only place we see the um finding nemo musical music yeah this is. is the only place well no uh if you go over to the seas pavilion yeah uh, they they have their ride there where um, towards the end they have the Big Blue World song going. Oh, so good. Uh, and you, you go past the starfish and she's like, you may be tired of this song, but they just keep singing it over and over and over <laughs> again. Um, but the great thing about all the music, they wrote 14 songs, which I did not realize there were that what? many. Right, they wrote fourteen songs for this show for a park musical. Yeah, it's like this a, is crazy. It's almost an operetta. They barely speak this whole show, basically. Uh, and it was written by Robert Lopez and his wife Kristen Anderson Lopez, who also wrote the music for Frozen. Wow! So you can see that Disney once again finds really good composers and holds on to them. Yeah. Uh, they obviously wrote, I think they wrote the stuff for Nemo before Frozen. Wow. If I'm, if I'm that right sounds, with my numbers. It sounds like it makes sense. Yeah. Sure. Uh, and so I thought that was really impressive that they've, <laughs> they've managed to write so much music for Disney. Yeah. That so many people enjoy. Uh, I, I enjoy a lot of the music from Finding Nemo the Musical. I love all of it. I really do. It's. Uh, great i don't know what else to say about it except for the songs are great and they're super fun to watch or yeah. listen to and then you find yourself singing them all day long i'm still completely blown away that we only see them at the epcot parks like yeah that, that completely fascinates me yeah i mean there is like there is an official uh soundtrack to the musical that is available so you can available get now them. on itunes uh, yeah there is no iTunes anymore. <laughs> but yes, you can find the album, uh, which, you know, I have, I think I've purchased a couple songs from, if I'm not mistaken. Um, but what I didn't know is that Robert Lopez and his wife, Kristen Anderson Lopez, uh, provide the voices for Marlon and Dory on that hmm. recording. It's not Ellen, thank goodness. It's not Ellen. Oh, I can't no. even imagine what she would sound like singing. Yeah, story. I don't. Yeah, I don't think that would work out that's well. All that, yeah, that's interesting. Um, and then on top of that, you have these incredible puppets created by Michael Curry, who did all the puppet work on the Lion King Broadway musical. 
Yeah, okay. Which that. explains why they're so well done. Like, I don't want to say that it's groundbreaking to watch them do it, but it really kind of is, right? Well, because they use so many different kinds of puppets that you're never quite sure what's about to come out next. Uh-huh. Uh, because the main characters, Dory, Nemo, and Marlin, are all these handheld full fish puppets that can blink and move their mouths and things, right? All being operated by actors, again, while being spun through the air. Right. It's just... But then you have uh, general rod puppets where people are underneath the puppets. Uh, you have Crush, which is a huge... It's He's the size of a Volkswagen Beetle. Wow. Uh, that's operated on stage. For he's the one song. that comes out on the stage, right? Yeah. And there's like three or four guys moving his feet, I think, around it is. Oh, it's been so long. I can't wait to go back and watch. So the guy that's singing Crush is sitting on the back of the puppet. And then Ah, they have like a rig set up so that he looks like he's floating. Mm -hmm. And then, uh, yeah, they have people that are operating like his head and things like that to make it function. Uh, So you you have giant puppets like that. You have an even bigger one that you have Nigel the uh, pelican he's a 22 foot tall puppet that comes in off the side of the stage he's massive which totally works for keeping everything in perspective because the fish themselves are big yeah and then they're the smallest part of the show right exactly nemo is probably the smallest puppet and he's still basically the size of a beach ball like you know he's huge to have to operate like you said while on wire work and singing and it, right. It's crazy. Yeah. They also have this really great one for uh, the blowfish that's in the tank. And to make him expand, he's basically an umbrella that they open up. Oh, right. And it works really well. Something so simple works really well, which I, I find so much really fun. impressive. Yeah. And then like when the mask, when the diver's mask comes up from the back and stuff too, like it takes up the entire back of the stage. Yeah. Just looks so great. This is why I think it's so fascinating to me that I, what else do you do with a property like this after you've created this? Like, I feel like Disney's great at doing things eight, nine, ten times over. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? That like, maybe they have it in other theme parks, maybe like in Tokyo Seas or something. I don't know. It seems like they should put it at Tokyo Seas if they haven't. Right. If it feels like it should be numerous places, but as far as I can tell, it's literally only in the animal kingdom. Wow. Which is really interesting. It may be because it's so uh, cast member intensive. It probably takes a, a, a small army of cast members to keep that show running at all times. Yeah. Uh, you look at a Broadway show and they have entire wig departments. You have entire you know, props and puppets and sets and lighting and sound people. It's, it's a massive undertaking. And even for just a 40 minute show, there is so much that's going on and so much that could go wrong and so many things to keep maintenance on. Yeah. I I would imagine there's a, a, like I said, a small army, a couple hundred people that have to be running this show at all times and we see this at the hyperion shows too with frozen and aladdin both of those also um over at california adventure they also have huge casts and huge production and like the ushers alone (laughs) right yeah it's so much work 75 ushers (laughs) that's crazy now that one that theater sees like three thousand people right but it's got three stories too like it's got the balcony and the mezzanine and the 
but it, it seems like you could build like something like that for um finding nemo the musical um over at tokyo seas sure or something i don't know i just love it and i just think it should be everywhere um it does also feel like you know disney has so many cruise ships do they ever take it on a cruise ship Again, I feel like the show might be too big. They might have to uh, yeah. uh, adjust it for something on the size of a cruise ship. Oh, they totally would. That would ruin everything. Yeah, because part of the fun of seeing this musical is seeing, like I said, the ridiculously huge puppets. Mm-hmm. That's it, such a good point. Hearing yeah. the reaction of the crowd seeing you know, Crush for the first time or Nigel coming in. Those things are huge and yeah. they make a huge statement, you know? And uh, cruise ships, although some cruise ships have really large theater spaces, I don't know that they have the infrastructure to deal with all of the stuff that they do. The other thing with uh, Finding Nemo the Musical is that the cast is very, very specific. Mm-hmm. They have to be very well trained on what they're doing. Sure. And they have to be very, they have to be able to do all of the stunts that they do on the wire work while singing and, you know, yeah. the cruise on cruise ships, they like to, they're doing you're doing a different show every night the whole time that you're at sea and so yeah. you have to do the same you're it's the same people doing this show differently every night so i could see that that would be a problem too now that i think about it um and i said it jokingly at the beginning but and i it's too late for this to go to broadway now right like you can't bring it now it's been too long i mean it's not too late to bring it to broadway i just don't know that there's a need for it on broadway right now um crazy it's it would be interesting I'll say that. However, we saw that Frozen did not translate as well to Broadway as they hoped it would have. Right. Well, yeah. Um, because the show in the Hyperion Theater in California Adventure is always full. Yeah. They run it four times a day. Yeah. And people are just loving it, you know. Um, but then they take it to Broadway with the really high-end uh, production value and it costs a lot more money and it costs more money to get tickets so people are less likely to bring their kids in to see it because it's so expensive yeah you know that i think it kind of fizzled on broadway when they thought it would be a bigger hit than it was i do have to say off topic if disney were to release frozen on broadway on disney plus for a 30 dollar charge I would pay that. Oh, okay. I would totally pay that. So if, if that Mainly becomes because an the, option, yeah, you're, you're down. I would totally do that. Okay. Mainly because a Broadway ticket's like $300. And right, so you're exactly. Like, and two, you know what I mean? You're getting a deal of $30. <laughs> well, personally, I think it would be fun for them to record all of their Disney performances. So Finding Nemo the Musical, Frozen at the Hyperion, yeah. the Indiana Jones stunt show, yeah. Like these would be fun to watch and I think you would have a real audience because let's be honest there are a lot of bootleg versions of them on YouTube right. already. So why not put it like you said on Disney Plus and get people to pay you to watch them, you know? Well, we've looked for bootleg versions of the Frozen show on and Disney would not allow that oh, to happen. Oh no, Disney's not I don't know how they did it. On there. But they they must have had a full-time department of people taking down the Frozen videos cuz right. like it never got out. Yeah. It's crazy. And it you know, maybe it'll start cropping up a bit more now that it's been closed. Uh I but hope so. Disney's very very protective of their intellectual properties right 
So it does not surprise me that they have a lot of people making sure mm. that that's not out there. Can we think of anything else that you could ever do with um, the music of that show to make it? You could. Can you release it on TV? Can you do like a live production of on a, like on TV that they did like um, the because we saw um, the Little Mermaid in right. live production on a ABC, right? Yeah, I guess you could do that, and people would be so blown away by it because they haven't really heard the music. Like yeah. it's a whole new interpretation of the show. Oh, I love this idea. Okay, bring it to ABC. And it's really, you know, I think the only downside to watching these sort of things on a TV is that usually you've seen the movie enough times that seeing it told again in just a different medium sometimes can bore people uh, when you're but, not physically in the theater watching it live. Right. Uh, because if you're going to watch it on TV, you might as well just watch Finding Nemo the movie, right? But there's something about being in the parks and seeing all of the performers live and the huge puppets and things like that, that doesn't always translate through the screen. Yeah. That might I, be the only downside to having a live a performance on TV. Right. The only thing that would be fun about it is the fact that the music is new so to most people. Because right. we don't hear it very often. You only hear it when you're inside Epcot, uh, essentially. Really. Animal Kingdom. Oh, yeah. That's what I meant to say. <laughs> totally not what I meant to say. How does it blend together in the same park in my mind? What the I have heck? no idea. Oh. They're very different. Yeah, totally different. What, what am I even thinking on that? But it's just crazy that like that's the only place you see it. So for me and for a lot of people, like especially on ABC, like you can throw anything on there, right? You no, totally sure. could do it. Why not? <laughs> just you, throw it on there. Especially because they were already they already own everything. You could even film it right there and then well, yeah. edit it together in a fun way. Well, and that's that's the thing about a lot of these shows that uh, especially the ones that are on Broadway uh, is when they close, they're just kind of lost to time for everybody. You know, yeah. very often, I don't know that people know this, shows are fully recorded, uh, professionally recorded, and then they're put into um, archives. That's good. So they have the actual recordings of these shows done professionally. Uh which is, you know, what you see with when they released Hamilton or when they released mm. Newsies. These are professionally shot video of these pr these productions. Right. So you get to show the show the way it's meant to be seen, the way you want it to be seen, and you get to monetize that. Uh, the, I think that would be the smart way to preserve some of these performances uh, in the off chance that, I don't know, there's a global pandemic and you have to shut down shows and they're right. not able to get back up again. So help me, if we don't see Frozen, I'll be so upset. Right. Because, <laughs> and you know Disney records everything, like you just said. Sure, yeah. And, you know, that's part of the the theater culture is that they do record everything. But very, very, very infrequently are they released to the general public in that situation. So... I think it would be great. Uh, it would be a fun thing to do to say, hey, we're having, even if it was called like a Disney theater pass on Disney Plus, yeah. they would release just live performances in. I would be down to get that personally. 
I would want them to add in like the other shows that they're trying to make us pay for too. Like, <laughs> I, I kind of want all that to be other. Yeah, what were they calling it? Premium Pass, I think, is what they were calling Something, it. Something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If they just, I'm still thinking that they should put it inside the the Premium Pass and just have it like Disney Theater. Okay, I'd be because, and you're right, they have so many things that they could put out there. They do, and you know, those a lot of us are missing the parks right now. Yeah. And I would even be super excited to go back and watch the Aladdin show because I even miss the Aladdin show a lot, you know, that was at the Hyperion. The Aladdin show was great. The only downside to watching the Aladdin show now is that uh, the genie had so many ad lib jokes that were current that wouldn't translate now. And they would change throughout. Yeah performances like literally from performance to performance the genie's lines would change because they would just make stuff up oh so so good it was a good show the only that's the only downside is that you'd be like oh that's a really old reference or some kids would not get them at all you know much like my um going on a nemo hunt like you're going on a nemo hunt yeah yeah it's very much that (laughs) yeah completely that um, and I guess if you're going to release the Aladdin, it would be hard to release like Aladdin from the Hyperion and Aladdin from Broadway, right? Oh, that's true. Right. Aladdin did have a full performance on Broadway. So if you're releasing both, like that would be a problem. Yeah. And do you think it would devalue the show that, you know, like Lion King, would it devalue Lion King coming back to Broadway in the future if we could see it now? I don't think it would. Really. I mean, Aladdin's still on Broadway, but... I mean, not Aladdin. Lion King is still yeah. on Broadway. But this is, the I think, the issue that everyone's concerned about. But we saw them put Hamilton, arguably one of right. the most successful musicals of the last 10 decades. Uh, exactly full right. Full on, you know, Disney Plus. So if your show's good enough, people having it on their TV doesn't change the fact that they want to see it live. Interesting. Mm. Good topic. I like it. Yeah, but Finding Nemo the Musical, if you haven't heard the music, you can always go and find it. Uh, I enjoy it. I'm going to Spotify immediately. Okay. But it's like I always say, you know what you got to do if life gets you down? Just keep swimming. Just keep swimming. Follow my perfectly sculpted two-finger point to the exit. If you enjoyed today's podcast, rate, review us on your favorite podcast app. And if you didn't, help us do better by buying a patch at DisneyPatch.com. Always be proud of what makes you unique, and we'll see you next time on the Obscure Disney Podcast.